they break through the thunderclouds. Their approach on a bird of blackened steel. <coughs> Dressed in midnight clad, their blades abuzz Swing. with the inevitable blood. In the podcast known as Trapped Under Plastic. The podcast for blue space marine painters. Shout out to Ultramarines, the lamest chapter of all. Uh, uh, John, how you doing? Also, where the fuck did that come from? Did you like write that in your head on the way up here? Yeah, it's all going to make sense later on in the preamble ramble. Okay, okay. For Uncle John's book club. <laughs> What's uh, the first book you read in Uncle John's book club? Uh, you just sprayed me with... with I sprayed you with my bang. Yeah. You want some bang? Yeah. Any of the gutty peepees want to bang? I fucked it up. I fucked the joke up. You fucked up the joke. Fuck! It writes itself. <laughs> and you still... Fucked <laughs> up! Uh, you want some bang? <laughs> you want, <laughs> that's like, you want some fuck? <laughs> All right. We're getting real, real spicy I, here in the beginning. I haven't even sipped the bang yet. No, you haven't. Okay. Well, okay. What's the I first still book? want a bang, though. What's the, okay. <laughs> you, can talk, you can bring that up with your wife later. Yeah. Uh, what's the first book in John's Book Club? The Night Lord's Omnibus. Okay. I thought it'd be the Holy Bible. Holy Diva! There it is. All right. Out of the preamble ramble, what kind of cup man are you? Are you the kind of man that goes into a restaurant... Or does the soda pop and then gets a cup with ice and then and then puts the soda in the cup? Or do you, are you always just drinking drinking drinks and various liquids out of the bottle that they came in? No, I don't drink it out of the bottle. What am I, Cretan? I paid for <laughs> someone else to wash that goddamn cup. <laughs> if I had to wash the cup myself, I ain't, I ain't drinking out of it. <laughs> See, I feel like I feel like when I get a soda at a restaurant, if it's like not like bottomless sodas, and I have to like conserve that soda over the course of a meal, it gets all melty and nasty. So I want to keep it in that cup so that it doesn't get diluted by water or like the bottle or can or whatever it came in. It's yeah. all about full control over carbonation. Absolutely. And so you, I, 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 I empathize with your need uh, of not getting flat soda. Yes. But the opposite is often far worse in my eyes. And that is uh, a soda is often over carbonated within the can or bottle. Mm. You need that, that cascading down trickle through the ice to get that initial carbonation defuzzed, okay, as okay. it were, take the edges off of it. Yeah, just take the edge off a little yeah, bit. Yeah, which if if you're listening to this in your um in Europe, uh, specifically in in England, you don't know what the hell we're talking about because every <laughs> goddamn place I went there, they just give you a goddamn can and walk away. <laughs> like we don't have a glass for you. I mean, it could just been the places we went to. Probably was, but I'm just yeah, like this probably. is awkward. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you 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 definitely pour it in there. My dad, when he drinks a soda, he actually like tamps it on the on like the table like two or three times to like de defuzz. Oh, it what? Yeah. It kind of does a little slam after slam. he opens it. I yeah, see. Yeah. 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 <laughs> no. No. He's just in for a party. Yeah. <laughs> Boom. It's like he just won the World Series. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he drinks yeah, a Pepsi, yeah. just fucking spraying everybody down like he just whoa one fucking Daytona. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking Daytona. <laughs> All right, what's your preamble ramble? Oh, okay, so I went to Daytona, and then I went to Channel 5 News, and then I went to the famous quote from that episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably can't say it. No, wait. Show us your butthole. Oh, show us your butthole. Okay, yeah. Release your rectum. <laughs> That's a good one. That's a good one. That's uh, you, got, you got a little note here about uh, sound pad needs. Oh, yeah, okay, so we, got, we have uh, this wonderful soundboard now. And I was thinking, I was thinking that we should probably get some feedback from Goody PP Nation 
on what should be on this, mm. right? Because <clears throat> there's eight buttons, and I'm assuming there's multiple pages. You're right. There are infinite uh, solutions here. Okay. And I think we need, like, the core eight, the top eight, right? Because mm. we ain't going to be switching. It, on the fly, like, this show is recorded live. We need to be able to hit it, you know, like, every time I say something funny. <laughs> <laughs> we, have we have that we have that so we need we need i like how you remembered where it is because yeah. i have no fucking clue what these are yet yeah uh, this is this is the things that excite me in life <laughs> so um we have a couple of them that we need to add and <clears throat> i'm wondering if i put this through the microphone if it'll pick up okay. oh i feel like i don't know if i heard that in my headphones or in the mic all right i'm gonna i'm gonna play it again and and this is the, this is my this is the one I would like to add. And, and Goody Peepees, tell me if you think this is worth it or not. There it is. Yeah, the good old Metal Gear Solid alert sound. Yes. Right? Because that's it's, the great thing about the Metal Gear Solid alert sound is that it's it's got such a variety of uses. Mm -hmm. There's never a time you play that sound and it's wrong. Right. You know? Uh, I mean, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> like, just think of it. Like, you know, your mom calls up, grandma died. <laughs> <laughs> that's definitely a time when you'd use that right i mean that's that's just weird okay so that works yeah okay that's, a that's mine and then uh editor goblin james had one and i gotta find it here um and it, this is also this is a freaking classic it's a good old price is right loser sound <laughs> that's a good one that's yeah good that's one. that's good but um do you like? Do you guys like those? But uh, also, we need more help. Is this a voting situation? Do we put this on Facebook and then have the top eight be the top eight on our on our main page here? Yeah, 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 yeah. We could do a poll, and you can either add more or you can vote or both. Okay, you and I get one that we guarantee is in the top eight. Yeah, we each get one, and the other six they get to pick. Yeah. What about? Well, well, I think we need to keep applause. And probably air horn. Okay. <laughs> so we got six to work with. Okay. We each get two. That means there's four up for grabs. Yeah. Again, we're figuring this out right now. Yeah. This while is while recording the podcast. <laughs> this is how professional <laughs> the show is. Um, yeah. So we got four up for grabs. Yeah. You know, I mean, I, I think we need to put in uh, Ryder Goblin James's uh, Price is Right one because it's solid. Really? Yeah. It's solid. I think it deserves a fair shot in the top four. Yeah. I think other options are maybe toilet flushing, maybe a fart. <laughs> Maybe welcome to the rice fields. Maybe just that, <laughs> that one part. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> I was trying to keep it PG. No, no, I've been swearing since we started recording. You just said release your record. <laughs> I, know, I know. This is this is totally off the rails. Okay, we got some sounds. Uh, one more preamble ramble from me. I went to Nashville, Tennessee. Nashville. The, you're uh, listening to some country western music. I did, and basically that's the the U.S. capital of the world when it comes to fried chicken. Yeah. I had the illustrious Hattie B's, uh, which was really good. I really enjoyed it. And actually, the one thing I'll say about going to Nashville is. Of all the cities I've ever traveled to, the like the ROI in terms of eating food was the highest there. And I don't mean like ROI money wise. I mean like taste wise. Oh. It's like normally if I go to restaurants, if I go to like ten restaurants or eight or six restaurants at a, in a city, a couple of those are going to be like kind of bad. They're mostly bad. Like I'm not interested in like the main entree or whatever it is. But here, I think every place I went to like delivered like surprisingly well just banger after banger yeah so i would say officially nashville best food destination in america so far so far yeah wow i mean i could see it 
It's good. I could see it because it has a history and a culture and it is a, a bit of a like a destination. Yeah, it definitely is. Dude, the, the number of bachelorette parties I saw, uncountable. Uncountable. <laughs> Dude, yeah. They just kind of like streamed together. You didn't know where one ended and the next began. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> so like at night on Broadway, the main street in downtown Nashville, on Saturday, was the, the street was closed for cars. They just closed it because there was too many pedestrians on the sidewalks. And so there's people in the streets and like you could spin in a 360 and, and see three bachelorette parties like at any moment so many wiener necklaces so many so many buses with with cr- like screaming girls <laughs> in them it was it was nuts it was wow. nuts did you eat in did any of them offer you wiener gummies no i got no wiener gummies oh man i would have saved some for you if i had it <laughs> you just save one sticky in your pocket <laughs> yeah i kept it warm <laughs> all right book club time i'm book assuming club. you're gonna talk about some night lord stuff i'm gonna talk about i am i am so concerned about what you think of this book everything is riding on the line right now so i i'm gonna i'm gonna follow back on this when i've finished the omnibus but i'm about 150 pages in okay so i have first impressions john first impression okay can you tell me what has most recently happened in the story in a semi-spoiler free way um they're uh (laughs) meeting abaddon okay okay yeah yeah okay so here's my impression. So Aaron Dembski Bowden is the author, and I've heard from many, many people that he is noted to be one of the best black library authors. Yeah, he's definitely up there. He's top five. <clears throat> and he's good. Like he's a he's a solid writer. And I respected that, and I'll let that be known from the get-go. This is going in a bad place. <laughs> <laughs> this is going in a bad place. Good to be peace. He like uh, he's got chops. So I'm like, it was respectable. For, I mean, I've I've read some stuff, and I was worried that it was just going to be kind of like mid-tier writing. So it makes everything like lose some substance to it. Okay. Um, the term bolter porn, I now fully understand. Okay. This yeah. stuff is just oozing testosterone in every paragraph there is nothing in the it in this i i, I don't want to overgeneralize, but there's nothing that isn't just like flop your dick out and flex your biceps like that's the whole thing yeah. now that doesn't mean it's wrong or it's bad it is what it is and it's just like it's just like I don't know. It's leaning so hard into what they think you want that it's like the story isn't really a story. Man, it's just mm. it, it's just let's talk about how cool these guys are and let's try to one up every chapter about how cool they are. And there is some internal turmoil. There's very little like character depth. There is some. Um, and it's not it's, it's it's pretty well done but it's, it's but it's pretty shallow um i've enjoyed it i have enjoyed the book and i will finish it which i think is it's it's not even in the last two years it's not the worst fantasy or sci-fi book i've read so right. it's, okay. it's good yeah it's 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 solid they expect you to know so fucking much about this universe you can't go a page without it referencing briefly something that you have no i fucking idea what they're talking about like there's so many references to the horus heresy so many references to how the legions work so many references to how the um the traitor legions 
have been working with or collaborating with the demons and that's one thing that makes the night lords unique but they just touch it so you if you don't know you don't know mm. and it's not a fault of this book specifically but i feel like because this universe has no starting point no like these this is the way that things this is the the starting point and then once you get through this series of books you're now can set off on a million passageways it feels like you're supposed to know bits and pieces when there's no origin for those bits and pieces so it feels like i'm swimming i know a bunch of things like haphazardly through understanding warhammer and from honestly from this recent horse heresy event and doing my own digging on that i would be so much more lost if i hadn't done some wiki reading yeah on the horse heresy okay and they they mentioned conrad cruz but never by name multiple times so far in the book so you don't even know who he is what he's about all this stuff so that's a little bit um a little bit daunting but conrad, conrad cruz cruz yeah, he's Tom's older brother. Okay. Wait, you mean I, Conrad Kurz? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I assume that he's, I assume that whenever I picture him in my head, it's just Tom Cruise's head. <laughs> Space read body. There he goes. Yeah. And he's talking about uh, Scientology. <laughs> I mean, kind of. That's really the thing that broke the Imperium apart. Yeah, Scientology. Like, listen, you might be the God Emperor, but have you heard of these other gods? Yeah. Um, final thing I want to talk about on this. Okay. Two things. First of all, <laughs> hold on. Let me break in here for a moment. I really appreciate the criticism that you you levied against this book because I also feel it in movies very often, where it's like the movie thinks it knows its target audience and it's just fucking milking it yeah. like endlessly. And if like you like become aware of that, it just destroys the suspension of disbelief because you're just. You're just waiting for it all the time. You're just like, okay, here it is. It's happening. We're talking about space marines again and, and defining every detail of what goes on in the process, how they get dressed and how they how they drink. It's just like, oh, so God, I, yes. I totally get that. That makes a lot of sense. You mentioned, though, about how there being little character development. And I hope that's only an issue in the first 150 pages or so because that omnibus, and I hate to be the person that's like, you got to get past the first season, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I feel like I am. But I feel like that those three books, more than anything I've read in Black Library, has th a very interesting character development arc of all the people in what's the main guy's name? Is it Talos? Talos, yeah. Talos's Talon, which is like his group of... First Legion. Yeah, his group of space marines that Our all first, go down... First Claw, sorry. Yeah, yeah, first Claw, exactly. That, like, Yeah, his, his Claw. Like, they have a really cool character arc all, all of them do yeah i think uh, so far my favorite uh page because this took an entire page was them describing what each of the four uh marines in his claw what their fucking helmets looked like <laughs> it was a whole page single spaced tiny ass font talking about each of their helmets and it's like his was a Mark II, and he had <laughs> he had stamped into the forehead runes in black and hand painted a, a skull of a nefarious demon. And I'm like, fuck this! <laughs> Help! I can't breathe. Yeah, I forgot what two what were the two things I wanted to oh, talk sorry, about. Sorry. No, 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 it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Um, oh no, I didn't remember. The first thing is is dealing with timeline in these books. Because they have such a massive timeline that they reference 
in any given moment because the legion was around and these characters were around during the horus heresy and they're around now 10,000 years later yeah so it's just like it, it, that vast timeline my puny human brain can't Even possibly Adam. think yeah right and then i'm thinking like oh, over 600 pages how, how much can change when so little has changed not much over 10,000 years so that's one thing and the other thing this is not the, i'm not the first person to say this but it was dreadfully clear to me of how they make space marines the astartes out to be literal gods they call them demigods yeah it, they just kill everything yeah like a space marine a singular space marine is a huge fucking deal yeah it's like like it's a, a killing machine when they die it's that's a massive problem their armor losing that is a massive problem yeah the gene seed yeah, all that shit the gene seed oh yeah um and they did he does a really good job of giving there some combat examples of where that's painfully true when they're describing when they when they aboard the the i think it's called the sword which is a massive uh ship of the imperium and their unit of four dudes take down the entire ship almost the size of a planet yeah <laughs> i know right and and they, they do he does a really good job of like the guy they he, he like camera pans over to this hardened sergeant of this of the most notoriously um rough tumble hardly tr hard hardest trained most brutal um soldiers aboard this ship spends like seven pages describing this <laughs> and then in a paragraph they're like they're dead he's just clapped immediately <laughs> the whole fucking unit is dead and and just describing how powerful their bolters are okay and so here's where my my oh yeah i have a problem okay i think i know what you're talking about this does not translate to the fucking game of warhammer 40k yeah whatsoever because you have a whole army of 2,000 points of gods against I guess you have to put them against other gods, right? Because that's the only thing that matters. But or then not. so many of the other armies don't have that. How do they stand a chance? And so herein lies the issue. And what really frustrates me is like, if every legion, if every space marine, if every single thing is ultra super awesome powered superhero, then none of them are. Yeah, because everything I just I'm reading this book, I'm like, oh, my God, there's 40,000 freaking legions and there's the top 15 that all have books and everything associated with them. And it's like it's all going to be the same shit with a different coat of paint. Yep. And it's like, oh, it kind of is. Yeah. If you read more Space Marine books, um, like I've read a couple, uh, it kind of is all this just weird, incestuous, like masturbatory. It totally is. Yeah, it totally is. Now, that said, I'm going to finish the book. I like it. I I've recognized early on what it is, and so I'm just going to allow that to happen instead of fighting it. Yeah, and get through it. Sure. I will say that I have from this experience had really cool ideas for building like dioramas, oh or yeah, models or and whatever. They will keep coming. Yeah, I, I have at least two ideas from that that series alone, and there's there's so many more you could do that are just. So, because the book is so visually descriptive, yeah, it makes like making a diorama from it like almost kind of easy. Like, I want to 
redo my whole Night Lord's army. <laughs> all kit bash where all their stuff is scavenged bits. I know. Yeah. yeah. It's like Talos uses an, an Imperium Astartes chest plate. Yeah. With the Aquila all hacked up. I know. So. And the way they describe their helmets, they're not like, these guys don't, feel or look like they look like the chaos marines that you can buy in the store yeah their their stuff's all over the place and like their helmets are standard um space marine helmets that they have painted not super demonic either yeah they don't have all the the filigree and the fiddly shit which i'm like fuck yeah <laughs> i don't want to have to paint all that and then i'm also like i just painted a whole fucking army with all the goddamn trim is that what they look like <laughs> <laughs> fuck me gotta do research first that's what i learned i guess i gotta read more lore <laughs> read more lore all right so that concludes this episode of uncle john's book corner <laughs> book corner yeah. <laughs> Went from book club book corner book nook all right what have we painted um in the last uh stream we did i painted blade specifically his samurai swords and his chest blade his chest blade blade has a chest blade his chest plate dude uh, you got a fucking chest blade it's like a unicorn except there's a blade coming right between your nipples hug people to death (laughs) uh i did some nmm on that i don't really know what i'm doing with my marvel crisis protocol minis i only have one um i don't know if i want them to all be kind of nmm like i did my guild ball stuff or or not uh so i painted him a little bit probably one more session then he's probably gonna be done maybe i don't know one or two more we'll see and we're streaming today and you are you can finish painting him today i painted for that a um I didn't bring that model. I, I painted an Infinity model for my JSA army. You got really angry while painting that model. I did, and I want to talk about that. Um, it was not... I, I was painting it with contrast, with mostly the new contrast paints and then building up highlights. And those models are so finely detailed, and they're so small, and they're, they're really nice. I really enjoyed it. I realized that that paint style, one, I'm probably not as experienced in that. And two, I... Um, uh, I just I just was frustrated through the whole paint process, and I felt like it got me in a funk th- for the stream. I don't know if the viewers noticed that or not, but I was just kind of like not in a, a happy mood because I was frustrated with the painting process. Um, but I also painted two other things. Um, the first thing is this Chaos Space Marine that I painted using only Army Painter paints. That's for a recent video. And uh, learning experience through that of trying to figure out like what was the what were the struggles with that paint and what could I do to try to mitigate that? Because my goal is to paint it as best I could in two working days. Um, and so really getting like smooth, even brushstroke coverage, um, I struggled with that. So I kind of abandoned that pretty early and just tried to build up thinning the paint a lot because the medium is typically quite thick. That's their standard paint range. Their air range is nice. It's really weird. Like their air range, the thickness of it is more like it's more like uh, pro acrylics. Uh, it's not thin. Army like, yeah, army painters okay. air range, which is relatively new, and it's a. I was told it's a it's a different recipe. Um, so it's not thin like Vallejo's air range, which comes out like super thin, like water thin. This stuff is thicker than that, um, and so it worked really well with a brush. Hmm. And that stuff, I had very little issues with that paint range entirely. Like Using I, it normally. Using it with a brush. Okay. Um, so it was like, gosh, if this was like their normal range was this consistency, you probably wouldn't hear about, you know, some of the criticisms that people have of that range. 
Okay. So I painted that. And then this is my Sister of Slaughter that I painted using my own blood. I don't know if you saw, but I was like smelling it. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to see if it's, I could smell something. It's got a lot of coats of uh, matte varnish on it. Cause one, there's it does? A, yes. There's a, it's for, still super glossy. I know. Um, there's a couple really weird, interesting things that I learned about painting with blood. First of all, it was really fucking fun. Um, over a zenithal with a heavy white zenithal, watering down blood and using it as a flesh wash is the best pale skin flesh wash I have ever used. Don't say that. It's freaking phenomenal. I'm not saying paint with your blood. I won't recommend it because it's super finicky to work with. I tested out five different mediums before I began. I did, I did I had a swatch chart and everything. And what I learned was blood thins so smoothly and it, it doesn't break down. The pigment's really small. <laughs> and so... I mean, because there are no pigments, right? Yeah, it's just... Uh, yeah, it's just the platelets. Yeah. And so it thins down super smoothly and in, into a really nice consistency that I just painted that whole model with only only water as a medium. It flows super well. Like, blood has a super high flow rate. Like, it goes just like a wash into the crevices, which can be a pain when you're trying to <laughs> put it opaquely on something and it's a ton of coats to build up saturation because as it dries it becomes more transparent okay so you did a bunch of medium tests but you ended up using water i just used water okay. water worked the best okay okay um and it's already you know thin in terms of uh, viscosity it, it's it's pretty thin and it's pretty um transparent mm. so that was really was, was really interesting the next really interesting thing about blood is how long it reactivates it will reactivate i don't as much as an hour later meaning you put on a coat it is dry to the touch you go over there with another coat you will pull it up you go over there with a wet brush you can remove it just like it was oil i imagine you can do that forever because like say you bled on something and then come back the next day you can clean it up with a washcloth right yeah in theory if the surface is like non-porous yeah. And everything, I assume. So what I ended up having to do was I matte varnished between every layer of paint. Wow. So it took a long time because of that fact. Okay. Um, but it was cool. I, um, after all the varnish that's on it, and I did one final coat, and I did a little bit of edge highlights in white, I tried to paint in a subtractive manner where the whole thing's zenithal, and if I wanted something lighter, I just I, I couldn't paint it. Mm. I, had to, I had to paint around it to paint volumes and stuff okay which was a fun exercise um but and, and it would still look pretty good and there's gonna be there's pictures in the video of before and after these the white edge highlights but it's just to really get the some crisp definition on on some surfaces but okay cool i'm pretty happy i was pretty like it's also i realized it as i picked it up the next day it's kind of creepy. <laughs> it is. I was holding it. I'm kind of like, I don't want to touch this really. <laughs> also, perfect subject matter for painting with blood, right? A sister of slaughter. You yeah. Know, a daughter of Cain. Come on. Yeah, you know, that like, was it. Vince told me I should paint the avatar of Cain. I'm like, Vince, you want me to fucking bleed out and pass out? Over here, you know how much, how big that model is, how much blood <laughs> that would take? This took a lot of blood. Really? It takes a lot of blood because multiple layers. You, you have to build up so many layers, like her helmet and her chest bosom holder thing like it's so many layers to get a like a deep thick dark blood yeah um and i'm wondering this thing is still staying red but when i did my swatches over time it oxidizes and it gets that rusty dark brown color mm -hmm. 
I wonder if because I varnish this, if that's going to change as well or if it's going to stay more of this red. And so I took some footage, the final footage of it then, and then I'm going to take some more when I, um, as we're recording, that video isn't fully made yet um, at the end to see if it changes over time. Okay. Oh, nice. That's interesting. Good little experiment. Yeah. Okay. So that's what I painted. The last bit of hobby thing that I did was design this weird contraption that I'm showing on the video right now. Over the last like year, I got super into this YouTube channel named Alexander Chapel. He is, uh, he's a European um, YouTuber from Oslo, and he does a lot of like construction stuff. I like I like watching a lot of like builders and makers and stuff like that. But he uses a lot of three D printing in his in his uh his carpentry projects, and so it got me interested in like trying to actually figure out how to design and create something in 3d and make it because i feel like the the biggest selling point for th a 3d printer for like the average person is that you can literally make anything you want and breathe it into existence yeah which is like a really cool concept but in practice it's way harder because you have to know how to fucking make it yeah and so i uh i broke out fusion 360 my first dabbling in that was when we made those little pie plinths yes for me you and vincent sam and so i had some idea about how it worked but I took his Demio course on uh, on designing and developing, I don't know what you'd call these things, little gubbins. Widgets. Widgets. And he had like a bunch of great advice. And so I went through several versions of this, adjusting it each time, adding this little lip here, which helped me like register where it installed, adding these ribs here along the edge, which made it more uh, rigid and not as bendy. Um, and then I went through like different kinds of resins and I settled on a, a tooling resin from Sriatech called Obsidian, uh, or sorry, blue, Obsidian Black. Um, and I, I really enjoy, I really enjoyed this like, I guess you could call it like a prototyping process yeah. um, where like I kept, uh, you know, measuring it. I had like my calipers and I was measuring it initially, got those initial things. I printed like little pieces of it, like just this circular part to make sure that it fit the ball head I had correctly. I printed just this little cube here to make sure the spacing was right for the, the, the mm. screws I had over there. Um, I had to get a couple different inserts to go in these holes, threaded inserts from McMaster car that were like the right like width and also depth for the like whatever application I was doing it for. It was really enjoyable. I really had a fun time doing that. I want to do that more. Um, the only downside with like learning how to sculpt in Fusion 360 is it's mostly designed for applications like this. Not super great at like organic shapes, like faces uh, and stuff. So I couldn't like make a model with the knowledge that I have, unfortunately. Oh. But I can make like a, a rhino or like terrain or sure, stuff like that, like sure. super geometric. Yeah, absolutely. Like that building I made from scratch, I could, I could absolutely just sculpt that. Um, it would take me maybe like two days, but yeah, I could definitely do that. Damn, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Anyway, it's working right now. I have one over there installed on one of my cameras for whatever need I needed it for. I don't need to get too specific because it's like mostly camera stuff, but uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, it's it's always uh, when I think of that and I, and I saw that you did that from your, your patron Patreon uh, post that you did. I'm so flattered that you read those and look at those. Yeah, well, I need to... I need to figure out what you're doing wrong because I make fun of you later for it. <laughs> okay, nice. Um, I was just like, man, that's super cool and also I would not have the patience to do that. <laughs> My version would be a couple of blocks of wood and some duct tape. 
<laughs> and make it work. You could buy it. You could buy stuff to do it. It would just cost like a hundred bucks a camera. And I'm like, I ain't spending a hundred bucks a camera to fucking <laughs> no. secure an HDMI cable. Especially, you know? especially since it's, it's learning that is like, it's foundational learning that you can build upon. Yeah. You can, it, it's like, I'm not just doing this. So I know how to make this. It's, I also get a thing at the end, but I can use this knowledge for other things and I'll, my mind will be open to looking at it that way yeah. in the future. Yeah, and cool. I've already applied this knowledge. We have a fan, a box fan at home that's got a knob on the back and the knob fell off and we lost it and it's like a little pin. And so I 3D designed a knob with a, a receptacle, a little hole in it for that pin and we shoved it on and now it's got a knob again. Just <laughs> like, look at me. I'm a fucking, I'm, I'm something. <laughs> <laughs> I think engineer yeah. is, is the word. I think uh, Da Vinci is the word. No, okay, just kidding. No 3D printer? Don't like dealing with convoluted 3D printer settings? Well, no problem. This month's sponsor, Minis Monthly, has got you covered. Specializing in creating high-quality resin miniatures at an affordable price, Mini Monthly has a Patreon set up to deliver 3D printed minis to you every month. With eight tiers ranging from 16 bucks a month for new subscribers all the way up to $60 a month, you are sure to find something that fits into your budget and miniature obsession. Their top tier, aptly named the Dungeon Master, includes five small, three medium, one big, and one boss miniature each month. Additionally, every set of minis has an epic theme to it. July's theme is Into the Crypts. I don't know what the Crypt Keeper's voice sounded like, but yeah, I just assume like, that was it. like the witch from, yeah, Snow White. <laughs> <laughs> Into the Crypts, we'll say that again, which will get a lot of use because as a D&D player myself, I can tell you that you can never have too many googly booglies and skeletons and googly boys. Okay. What are googly booglies? Those are unnamed undead. Okay. That's what I call them. Okay. So if I'm like, hey, Sexy Teeth Joshi, go into the box of undead over there and pick me on a couple of googly booglies. He knows just what to look for. Perfect. The mains you're seeing right now, however, are for their August release called Desert Ruins, inspired by ancient Egypt. Good characters based on the likes of the Sphinx, the god Anubis, and many other fun designs. Also, as a bonus, all the patrons of Minis Monthly get a never-ending 10% off coupon from their website, minismonthly.com. Cha-ching. Here you'll be able to purchase singles of each of their designs. Viewers of this show can also get 10% off with the coupon code TUP now until the end of August. Lastly, Minis Monthly wanted us to tell you, goody peepees, that they have a design service. So if you need a special mini created just for you on like a dog's body or <laughs> a dog's head on your body or a dog's tail on a dog's body or your body with dog arms <laughs> or just your dog their sculptors and artists can make that for you incoming a lot of dog requests from these monthly <laughs> So check out Minis Monthly's Patreon and website. Both things linked down in the show notes or description, depending on where you're listening. Thank you to Minis Monthly for sponsoring this episode. Now on to the main topics. All right. As we said, we have a couple topics for you today. We're doing a little, <laughs> little three-topic mini-series mini for you. Yeah, the studio audience approves. Yeah, they like that idea a lot. See, what we've learned is that we can't pay attention for very long no so if we jump around to different questions yeah then we don't get bored yeah yeah so these are all questions brought to us by our patrons mm -hmm. 
and we got this fancy little uh, import document thing that they can they can import their questions, yeah. and then we can answer them like today. Yeah, some questions aren't like deep enough to be an entire episode, but they're interesting questions anyways, and that's what these ones are. Yes. Your favorite non-hobby specific tools to use from Dustin Ross, who is also one of the sponsors of this episode. Um, this is uh, This is your buddy? And I think you made a whole video about this topic, right? Like non-hobby tools to use. Yeah. I think the the first one, the quintessential non-hobby tool is a hairdryer. Is Italian hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little bit of that. It's a hairdryer. <laughs> uh, I think that gets a lot of mileage, at least in my, in my hobby. Yeah, I have a heat gun and- Yeah, you're so fucking extra. <laughs> um, pro tip, if you don't have a heat gun, you don't need a heat gun. <laughs> Persist that way. <laughs> If you have a cheapo hair dryer you got from the Goodwill, that'll do. Okay. Because the heat gun, the key with the heat gun is you got to turn the heat. First of all, you got to get one that's got adjustable heat settings or you will melt fucking everything. <laughs> and then you have to turn the heat setting all the way down to the coolest so you don't melt your plastic or your resin. Yeah. And then you're just using a hair dryer. <laughs> but it looks way cooler. Yeah. So, you know, there's that. Yeah. Okay. What's your, one of your favorite non-hobby hobby tools okay my number one is 3m double-sided foam tape mm. and i will preach this until the day i die i have talked with an executive from 3m i want to make my own <laughs> have you uh, yes i have wow in charge of adhesive division <laughs> wow what a title <laughs> yeah like that's a fucking job dude. yeah yeah <laughs> so you're just shitting on him while asking him for, yeah. for help yeah it's small world because 3m is based out of minnesota yeah, yeah. and my college roommate knows this guy and he's oh, nice. like he's like hey i watched your video i know the guy you should talk to him and i was like sweet let's talk to him so i had i had initial conversation but this was like a year ago about it and uh i don't uh i need to follow up with him but why this stuff works so great is because you have a ton of flexibility on whatever you want to use for a, a handle to hold your minis in you can use i just use like an inch and a half with dowels go buy a dowel from your local big box store cut it up boom for a dollar 95 you have 15 mini handles um or you can use whatever else if there's something more ergonomic <coughs> you can use that as well you just put that foam tape on there stick your mini on it's the perfect stickiness you can pop it off but it's mm. not going anywhere even heavy metal bottles it's just perfect I love it since I found it. The only reason that I even tried to try all these different things and landed on that was because I had the constant frustration with goddamn blue tack not working like uh, it's supposed to work. All of those things suck. I hate them all. I know. Um, yeah, that's a big one. Another one, another cheap, free and easy one is painting stir sticks that I steal from uh, Menards. How could you? Yeah, I just... So I prime on stuff. There are starving kids in Africa that could use those sticks. I know. They they would eat them. <laughs> okay. Yes. Apparently they're starving. They're like, mm, stir sticks. <laughs> yes. So that those are those are two immediate ones that are are cheap or free. Um the good thing about the the 3M double-sided foam tape isn't cheap. No, yeah, it isn't. It's like 10-15 bucks for a roll, but it lasts you so long because the only thing that stops it from being reusable is when you prime and the prime hits some of the sticky parts. Yeah. I would also say to make that go further, because I like 
stuck down all of my dark Eldar to popsicle sticks. And I realized you do not need a full width piece of tape to stick a base down. Yeah. If you cut that strip in half, which if you cut, like, what is it, like the, the three quarter or one inch thick strip, mm-hmm. if you cut that in half and you put that down on, on whatever you're using, a stir stick or popsicle stick, the base will stick just fine to it. It is strong enough for like that kind of application where you're like, spraying a bunch of shit all at once so save some tape and do that i I would recommend yeah i also i mean and i haven't done this myself yet but i should have when you're going to take like a stir stick or i've even used like a long one by two piece of plywood Mm -hmm. or really when i did my like a i don't know 120 zombies or some shit yeah i i took a long ass thing and i just ran the tape all the way out it takes you more time but don't do that because you end up like wasting half again as much tape as you actually need you should cut individual slices and put them down separated how the models will be separated on the board to prime them all at the same time yeah but oh, that's a lot of work if you got 120 yeah. zombies though most people aren't gonna paint 120 zombies okay yeah yeah i suppose if you're doing 10 dudes at a time that's more you know digestible also a funny side story on that experience for that because i had to use so much to paint all those uh, zombies I bought the cheap stuff, the off-brand stuff of the foam tape from mm. Menards, and I would not recommend that because Why? I couldn't get the models off. It stuck like it was uh. fucking super glue, and I had to like wedge them out with the razor blade, and they would be like, pew, and they shoot everywhere. <laughs> Broken zombie hands galore. Luckily, yeah. they're zombies, so yeah, it didn't matter. It didn't really matter. They're missing a hand. Yeah. You got, you got another one? Uh, whenever I think of like non-hobby tools, I think of things like... Like, I don't know, like calipers, one, two, three bo- blocks, like rulers, uh, right angles, like uh, a machinist square, like like things like that. Or like maybe like uh, a hot wire cutter. But those are all kind of like a tape measure or a, a, a measuring tape. Yeah, that's the same thing. It just reversed. <laughs> uh, that can be used in many things. It's supposed to. That's it's, that's by design. So I'm having a hard time thinking of other things. Oh, uh, I love... Uh, I, I like to go to a resale store and find a tiny food processor that's like shitty and mm. use that to grind up all manner of things into smaller things. Oh. Like when I go out and like when I get dirt and I want to make dirt smaller and then like cook it in the oven to dry it out, I'll pop it in the food processor, fucking grind it up. I have like a dirty one that's nasty. You too can make big dirt into small dirt. <laughs> yes. <laughs> by, by just traveling to your, your local resale store and getting a food processor. I just picture someone walking in. They're like, oh, I'm going to go home and make a big thing into small thing. I'm going to take this whole handful of rocks and put it in your... <laughs> Don't do rocks. That Don't doesn't do work rocks. very well. Don't do rocks. You could do it with like bark and, and shit like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Great. Yeah. Um, you could do like... I know that uh, Luke Towen, he will get like like debris from outside, like leaves and little wood, chi- wood chips and stuff. And they'll grind that up and he'll use that for ground cover for like his dioramas, like under trees for like leaf fall and stuff like that. And like kind of like differentiate like a bunch of grass. Cause like static grass can look kind of weird when it's just like just static grass to apply with an applicator. Yeah. It's like turf almost. Yeah. Especially when, yeah, there's no terrain nor, yeah. nor like change in in texture yeah because that's the thing is everything it's everything is like super smooth like it's a fucking beetlejuice board <laughs> like it, it doesn't look or feel as correctly so you just need something that brings some some organic inconsistent texture abound mm-hmm. i don't have one of those and i feel like this is like the fourth time in my life i've been exposed to that being a thing and 
probably three of those four were you mentioning it. Yeah, probably. And, and every time I'm like, God damn, yeah, that's a really good idea. I should get one. And then I forget about it. Yeah. So I'm going to have to go do one, get one of those. Uh, I had one. For, it was like a coffee grounder that we got for a wedding gift like 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. Then like all good things in my life that I find a good use for later. My wife has already sold it at a garage sale. <laughs> oh no. So it's gone. And uh, so now I have to go spend money on a thing I already had. Rip. That I got for free as a wedding gift. <laughs> God damn. That's unfortunate. What about, okay, I like the paper towel is nice, but the blue paper towel, the lint free one. Yeah. That's very nice. Whenever you like... Say you have like a model, like a resin model that you like cleaned off like with soap and, soap and water and you want to like dry it off faster because you want to paint it right away. Um, I find that when I use paper towel, uh, a lot, oftentimes it'll tear and get stuck on the, like like the nooks and crannies of the model, but I'll like often like leave like some like scuff, like some like some etch, some paper towel residue on the model that I like then uh, brush off with, uh, you know, like the makeup brush that people bought a long time ago for like dry brushing and shit. Mm-hmm. I think those brushes are way better at dusting off minis. Yes, they are. I got, I got some dusty minis that I, you know, yeah. assembled a long time ago. You just dust them right off with that thing. But so yeah, I have to do that when I use paper towel, but with the blue stuff, it's lint free. Got none of that. Yeah. Yeah. You exposed me to that last time I was here for the stream. I also exposed you to other things as well. Yeah. And that's where, that's where we got this bang over here. <laughs> Not a sponsor. <laughs> I bought a case of Bang at Costco. It's the only time I get Bang is if I buy it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you got anything else? Yeah, I got, I got something, something. Yeah, I got a little something, something. I got a little something, something. I don't know. Do I? Um, <laughs> uh, these big old giant rolls of of paper that you uh, can use for like uh, for like uh, art or for like a work workspace. Um, they come in big giant rolls. It's just big giant rolls of f- fairly thin paper. Act like nothing happened. Um, Scott just dropped his phone on the metal <laughs> fucking table. Um, because there's a couple of uses for that. So you can roll it out and you can use painter's tape to tape it off mm. and then on your, your work area. Yeah. That way you don't, you know, like I airbrush, wherever you're airbrushing and stuff, it, you don't know, keep your nice desk. Uh, nice and pretty mm-hmm. um if you're doing any kind of sloppy work or stuff with a bunch of um a lot of glue and things like that and you prevent it from getting all over everywhere um i just found it's really uh, really useful you can even like you have that if you have that big roll of that stuff at your disposal like oh i need to tape uh tape off a big section of something on this tank or on this night or something um you can just tape the edges and just kind of crinkle that around and it works pretty good so having a big roll of i used to use black paper and i bought on amazon i just Mm -hmm. feel like i feel like it's for any hobbyist it's useful to have that yeah, absolutely. I have a, a craft roll of it too. I, I bought like the holder from Uline. It's got like the little thing that you can put down in the roll so you can get like a nice clean tear off of it. Yes. Yeah, it's also great. You just put your wrapping paper in there in the holiday season. There you go. You just unroll it right there. Just come in the office and do some, do some presents. Yeah. You know what this conversation is making me realize is that now in, in our current day and age of mini painting hobby goodness, we have a lot of tools that are designed for us. Mm-hmm. We're not having to, to to scrounge around for other things that aren't like what our exact needs are. Yeah, and the most of the things that I'm not saying all of them because there's still a lot of innovative or interesting products that are still made new for our hobby, but a large percentage of what's come out 
for our hobby in the last five years is just doing a tweak or marketing it towards us. Yeah. But it already existed before. Right. And you had to maybe go out of your way or you needed to hear about it on, in, on a Reddit post or watch a video that included it or this, mm -hmm. that, or the other. Um, but if you did a little digging, you could find, you could get it cheaper or you could get one that isn't exactly made for us, but it works well. Um, and that's where people are like tweaking the specific needs um, and making a tailored product. Right. Yeah. Speaking of light molding paste for snow is amazing from uh, anything. I use the golden variety from an art supply store. If you need snow on a base, just one product that looks great. Light molding paste. Got you covered. It got you covered. Okay. Okay. I mean, there's other ones like having a Dremel is, is really, oh, not, yeah. really useful. Vacuum. Battery powder vacuum. Oh, bro. Bro. Bro, you don't even know. Bro. Little vacuums sucking up all the shits. Yeah, dude. All the little resin shavings or like um, like dirt or anything. Just being able to clean up your desk like really easily is, is nice. And anything that keeps you organized, that's storage. Oh, and, my gosh. And also allows you easy access and visual access to be able to get what you need to get quickly and easily. And this is something we don't really talk about when we're talking about, you know, tools and stuff for the hobby, but I feel it's super important that you know where your stuff is that I know it's r vaguely around here, but I can just pull out these couple of clear totes that are the right height and I can put all of my texture pastes mm -hmm. all of my stuff for terrain bits and all of my all of my bits for my different armies and everything and it's not a specific product but i just think having a thing that you find that works well for you and a great place to go look for those are like the craft stores like michael's because they're pretty cheap especially you use that 50 percent off coupon mm. you can get a lot of different things like i found this big one that's for um stamping you know, like people like do stamping as a hobby. They buy a buttload of stampers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so they, have these, they sell these big clear tubs that are a big square, and they're about two inches thick. And you just pop the top, and you, put, you can put all your paints in there, and you can close it. That's my like overflow paint storage. Okay, okay. And so I can go through, and I can just look at the top. And I can tell what's what brand. If I'm smart, I put a little bit of that color on the on the top of the bottle, mm. whatever. I know exactly what color. So if you don't have space or you don't have a wall dedicated to having a big paint rack and stuff like that, you can fit a couple of those in a desk drawer. And you just shoot, 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 shoot. All your paints and your inks, anything like that. Perfect. Yeah. Uh, and, and also in regards to storage and organization, I'm going to shout out the container store. I bought this little wall mountable like thing that has... Uh, like drawers you can pull out of it. It's all plastic. That are, so mostly small little bins, but also some like really big bins too. And they can the drawers can come out fully and be taken away somewhere else. And I have organized my bits into there and I've organized them by whatever, like style, design, and also like body type. So it's like an arm or like legs or heads or whatever. And I can just grab one of those little boys, pull it out, and then go over, come back, put it right back in. I've I've collected a number of those over the years by going to garage sales. Yeah, baby. And picking up people's nuts, bolts, and screws oh, yeah. containers because they're basically that same kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And you can get them cheap at garage sales. Garage sales are the best. Fucking, what else is there? We got resale stores, garage sales. You have... What's it called? An estate sale when someone passes away and they're selling all their stuff? Yeah, that's where you can get a lot of cool, cool tools and stuff. Dude, yeah, if you're patient, yeah, you can find a lot of great stuff there. Yeah. I just hope that estate sales don't go the same way as a lot of um, storage uh, storage locker 
auctions are going, which are like all online. Oh, so they really? Pictures of, <clears throat> they have pictures of everything, and you can bid online. And so it just drives up the prices of everything. Okay. And depending where you're at, um, the more rural areas you are, the you know, still do it old school and be like, it's just a sign on the road and it's in the newspaper or some shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. State sale. Mm hmm. All right, that was a good number of uh, items. Thank yeah, you, uh, Dustin, for the for the question. All right, what's the next one here, Johnny? Boy? Okay, uh, here's a quote by Leonardo da Vinci, not Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, thank you. <laughs> Man of the Iron Mask. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Art of all the fucking movies. <laughs> that's, that's the, the one. one. <laughs> yeah, not Deception, not Django Unchained. <laughs> Not Titanic, Man in the Iron Mask. Yeah. <laughs> uh, not What's Eating Gilbert Grape. Yeah. That's a fucking banger. That is a good one. Okay, here's the actual quote by Leonardo da Vinci. Art is never finished, only abandoned. So, with that in mind, what are some what are some pieces that you've had to walk away from and why? And any you want to revisit? Question mark. What are some of the telltale signs for you that it's time to walk away? This is by Regan Helms. Thank you, Regan. That's a badass name. I have a question for you. Have you ever like painted a model and then stopped painting it because you were so frustrated by the process or you just weren't having any fun and you have no intention of ever painting it again and then you put it away? No. Has that ever happened? No. Okay. It's never happened to me either. No. If I stop painting it, it's because I'm like, I'm going to paint that later or I only wanted to paint one part of the model and now I'm done. Yes. Right? Yes. Or I am to a point on this. I got to go do something for either another video or there's competition coming up or, oh, I want to finish my war band or whatever. Like, it's not uh, a fuck you. <laughs> You're gone. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've never felt that. If if I feel that, typically what I, what I tell myself is that's what I'm going to, if I'm leaning into that, I just fucking rush. <laughs> yeah. I'll get it done. I'm, I'm just going to get it done because I know I'm not coming back to it. Right. So when I look at this on the shelf, do I want it to be... A half-ass paint job, or just half-painted, which would which is going to be better? Half-ass, yeah. Every single time, yeah. I am the exact same way, and I think you can kind of figure that out pretty early on in the painting process, whether you're going to really enjoy what you're what you're doing or or you're not. Um. So yeah, I would say the the question when when do you know when to walk away? I think the question maybe is when do you know when to speed up and stop caring as much? And yeah, it's just like when you kind of sense. When you suss out, you're not having a lot of fun. Or you might even know going into it, like say you're painting an army, right? And you've been batch painting Space Marines for for decades. <laughs> and you got fuck, 10 more to do. And you're just like, fuck. Just 10 more. Yeah. <laughs> just 10 more after you've painted fucking thousands. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, you probably want to speed through that because you you're, you know it's not going to be fun. Um, I um, I will say that, shit, I had something to say and I completely lost it. <laughs> uh, I think, oh, here it is. I found the nugget. I think there's different personalities and we often have the same brainwaves on certain things that there are people that that's not how their brain works. Sure. So, and I think Regan is, is probably speaking a bit of themselves in the question. Mm. And that is there are people that hold each model to maybe uh, on a little bit more of a pedestal than we do. And that this is a cool model. I spent money on this. I, I want to give it all it deserves, which is uh, everything of me. And if that's the way you approach things, that's the way you paint, 
There's nothing wrong with that because we do it differently. It doesn't mean we're doing it right and you're doing it wrong or vice versa. It's just different mindsets to, to take with it. And so I can see where people would feel what we're talking about and then just feeling guilty or feeling like they would rather stop and come back to it when they're refreshed or when they are excited again for it. So do that. I find that if there's something that I'm not excited painting, um, I just, I shouldn't paint it. Whether that means finishing it in the next hour or that means stopping and coming back to it if and when I want to, it's more important that I spend my time doing something I'm enjoying doing. I think that's the kind of the key. That said, this Da Vinci quote, when I first read the quote and then read the rest of the his question was, I feel like they're, they're differentiated. They're different. I yeah. get his connection to that. But what I view that as was under the length uh, or under the lens rather that art is never done. Correct. Yeah. You can always futz. You can always improve. You can always evolve, adapt, whatever, a single piece. And that's a learning lesson that we constantly go through every time we paint a model is when am I ready to be done? Right. And maybe maybe to give Reagan uh, the benefit of the doubt, maybe that's what his question is. It's like, how do I know when to call a miniature done and to stop futzing on it? Yeah. Um, I think there is there is no right or wrong answer to that, but rather there should be the question that you ask yourself and then just say, this is my answer to the question. And then I, that decision is made. Um, for me, it's one is, are you satisfied? And do you have it within you to continue to where you feel you would be satisfied or feel you've learned something more before you consider that done? Or if you're just satisfied or happy with it now, that means you're done. Yes. You know, if you're to that point, you're done and be happy because you did learn, you did improve through the whole process. You shouldn't have to push yourself to this level where you feel obligated to, even though that's, that's not what your gut is telling you. And that's one of the reasons why competition painting, the highest level painting is so hard to do is because you have to take that gag reflex of I'm done and you shove it down yeah. and you just pound that slab of meat. Dude, I don't understand how some people, that's just all they do. Yeah. Like it David takes Soper. A, takes a special kind of person to be able to do that. And I am not that kind of person. I can say that like confidently. I could not just paint competition minis. It's such a, it's such a exercise. Yes. Um, oh gosh. So David Soper and there's another one. I mean, um, Robin McLeod, I mean, uh, Jamie Cordwell, like all those guys. Yeah, they're, they're all, the, I mean, could you say Mamacon? He, all he does is paint display models. Like, like there are many of them and that's all they do. Well, I, there, uh, I really, I can't believe I can't think of this dude's name, but he was just like, uh, one, like I, he might've won the, the overall best in show at world model expo just a couple weeks ago i don't did they release that info anywhere i don't remember because i don't remember but i know andy was talking about it on the cult of paint um podcast and i can't believe i can't remember this dude's name but just like it, he was mentioned in the same breath as david soper of it takes more than a year to finish one piece and that's different than everything you paint is a display is model to, is a high level display model yeah, yeah, it yeah. is like a grueling like 
everything, every stone is given like the utmost care, the utmost most depth and layers and layers. And I fucking love that idea. I love that idea. And I love to, I'd love to be the person who could do that, but I am not the person who can do that, sadly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, when do you know when to be done? I think it's, it's a lot of things. I think, I think John touched on the most important thing and that is your joy. Your joy is a barometer for when things are done because this is a hobby. It's meant to have fun and it's the most important baby in the world to like, to, to like, to take care of. If you are not having fun anymore, you are not going to paint and you're not going to be productive. So that, that's an important thing. If you're, if you're turning this into work, that's a that's a bad thing. You could also like be more technical about it. Like if you're painting a dude for an army, for instance, and you begin the futzing process and you futzed for two hours and let's say you snapped a picture before that point and one now and you don't notice much of a difference from a five foot distance, you're done. Like you're not making any visible improvements on that army man and there is there is no value in what you're doing. So it's, it's a mixture of am I still enjoying this process? Is this good? Am I painting? And it's a mixture of that. And also am I painting a model for a competition? Am I painting a model for an army? Is it a hero in my army? Like this is all like a, a gradient, a sliding scale that you can adjust based on uh, what you're doing. But yeah, so it takes, it takes some introspection to know when you're done, but hopefully that is some, some insight. Yeah. Uh, oh, there he is. Albert Moreto font. Oh yeah. Moreto Fonte. That's it. They used just the right time. I found it just as you finished your last sentence. That guy is amazing. Um, and I, so I was thinking uh, that we should have done this for Golden Demon. Um, we should just go through, if there are pictures of them, like the people that won. If it's not too many, you could maybe do a couple, like the people who won the various categories and just talk about them and share our thoughts on each model and stuff like that. That would be a cool topic. I thought, yeah. And then we could, you know, have the picture of the entire time of the model and just chat about it and yeah. Yeah, and uh, we make silly jokes about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just shit on people that are way better than us. And yeah, then, and they come out with pitchforks and kill us. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, I, feel like, I feel like that's like it's it's great entertainment right there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, thank you, Regan, for that. That was a great, great question. Yeah. And the last one's from James the Writer Goblin himself. Writer Goblin. What do you think is the most interesting Warhammer army? Ooh. I really like ultramarines. I think the red space marines. <laughs> Fuck space marines. No, no, no. The black space marines. Okay, actually, you're right. I like those ones. <laughs> Not space marines. The most interesting. Well, I feel like it's the ones that we paint. Because why would we not paint the ones we find the most interesting, right? I guess it's it's in the semantics of defining interesting versus most visually appealing or to cool. Us. Like yeah. maybe there's some difference there. Um, so interesting might mean like the most unique. Oh, you know what? I got it. I got an answer to this. <laughs> okay. Let's do sci-fi and 40 K. Cause it said Warhammer specifically. Well, sci-fi is 40 K. So what did I say? Sci-fi and 40 K. Yes, you did. Let's do 40 K and fantasy. Sorry. Okay. Uh, so starting out 40 K, I think the most interesting army, I really am. I'm, I'm peaked by gene stealer cults. I don't... Good one. Good one. I don't like... I fucking hate Tyranids. Good answer. Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> I don't paint any jeans to their cost, but I totally would. I love the Mad Max, like, desert dirt bike vibe. I think they're very cool. Um, 
they're just enough alien for me to not feel like it's based on alien the franchise or like zerglings and starcraft 2 um I'm not like a huge fan of like monsters and creatures and shit like that, but they don't, they don't really feel like creatures. They feel mostly humanoid and the aesthetic is super cool with the goggles and stuff. And they're all like sciencey, like mad scientists. Um, I think they're super interesting. Do you have a, do you have an answer for 40 K? I think it's okay to say the armies you paint. Like I, that's fine. I, I do, but I'm just quickly going to hit. Um, okay. I'm not gonna, I'm just going to go over space Marines. I mean, they're, they're, there's one interesting thing. To, I'll, I'll just say this about Space Marines in general. It's enough of a unique aesthetic to general sci-fi. Like their IP of what their heavily armored space soldier looks like is really fucking good. Yeah. Like they, they've got that down. As an army, though, in the game, it's so fucking samey same. I, I I really I struggle with that. It's like, oh, if I'm paying 2,000 points of this, I'm just going to put up you know put a gun in my head um but <laughs> i think also just because as hobbyists we're just inundated with space marines constantly yes. and so they just just because of that they seem less interesting but also as a space marine hater i am able to say that space marines are really cool like they look really cool there are really cool design elements about them um this even the story is cool like i know john was getting up in arms about the whole circle jerky way of how black library writes but even even me, I, I get a little tingle in my dingle when I read that stuff. It's like, <laughs> you know, this is, it's cool shit, you know, and I'm a it nerd. Is. So it is, it is. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna have to go with because there's a couple here that I could I could make the argument for. I can't say Tau because they're not like it's like you went you went aliens, but they're not like like aliens that are also people, but they're just not cool looking enough. No, they're not cool looking. Um. I'm going to have to go with Adeptus Mechanicus. Okay. Actually, I agree with that. Yeah. Because they're, they're robot aliens and fucking tentacle boys, robot Doc Ock shit going on. But also like kind of culty too. Yeah. They're also kind of they're also weird robes. Like yeah. there's a lot of, uh, of contrasting uh, and interesting contrast on the models with um you know all the metal and hard you know surfaces and then like oh then we have this drapey cloth and that's like flowing down the back but then skittering out the back is this little fucking probe for your for your b-hole yeah, it's yeah. like trying to get you um and also like like their mechanics they're the creators but they also because of that they have the ability to create these nasty weapons of war. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that uh, the aesthetic of them is, is really cool. And they have a nice variety. They got the whole AT ST Walker things, the big mm-hmm. two leggers like, dink, and they look like big old ostriches without any heads. Yep. Um, More retro looking kind of like robot dudes. Yeah. They have a lot of variety yeah. in the army too, which is really cool. You got guys on these big old, like, wingy things that just kind of look like they're on gliders yes um again weird and like that see that's i think a really cool and interesting aesthetic design that you didn't just make them like big metal word big metal bird wings which is what the obvious choice would be because they're robot (laughs) dudes with everything metal they have these big cloth things that that go between the spines on the wings whether it's the individual dudes that have the jet packs with those or their big flying um 
like vehicles, they use those same cloth wings. So you get this variety of, of texture and it's more interesting. You're not just looking at like hard surface on hard surface and it just kind of all melds together. Yeah. I think one thing about Adeptus Mechanicus and Gene Steeler Colts that I like a lot just in like their backstory is that they both have this like religious zealotry about them, which is like a story, like a backstory that I really like. I love people who are like kind of fanatics about like a religion. Cause I think those people are like super interesting. Um, and they're both kind of like that. Um, so yeah, those are, I'm proud of us. Those are two great answers for 40 K. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Look at us. All right. Now fantasy, the much better, uh, version, the most interesting. Mm. I'm looking at the list right now and a couple that are kind of popping out to me, you know, I've shit on dwarves in the past, but I kind of like squats, 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 no. squats, 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 squats. No, no more fucking hang on looking motherfuckers. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, not squats, but and I don't necessarily like the two versions of dwarves we see in Age of Sigmar, but I love a good standard heavily armored like long beard or hammerer from the old dwarf range. Uh, Daughters of Cain have always been interesting to me. You know, like dino riders, dinosaurs riding dinosaurs. I am not a fan of lizard men. Are you a fan of lizard men? Okay. <laughs> no. Uh, you know what? I feel like I want to say daughters of Cain, but that just feels like kind of the same thing as the two we just said. They're kind of crazy. They're kind of fanatical. They got this god they follow, the god of murder and blood. Do they got a whole they they like wheel around a giant cauldron the size of a house that's filled with blood? Is that, that's so fucking epic. I, I just it's just like a big boiling pot of blood and they're just on like old timey wheels. It's like yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How's it like, what is it how does it move? What moves that thing? Hate. Yeah. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> this is Warhammer. Yeah. Can I mention we just talked about briefly about the lizard men? I had a whole moment in reading that in that Black Library book. I'm going back to the goddamn book again. They mention in that book the in a primitive like an example of a in a primitive world, they had these big nasty beasts known as carnosaurs. Carnosaurs aren't in 40k. Carnosaurs are in fantasy. That's an actual model, an actual thing in Age of Sigmar is a carnosaur. They talk about it in the 40K book. And I'm like, what the fuck? Is this the same universe? How how sure are you? I'm 100% sure. That carnosaurs have never occurred in 40K lore. I'm not saying they've never occurred in 40K lore. What are you saying? I'm saying they use the exact word spelled the exact same way because I stopped and looked it up in my phone. Okay, okay. Carnosaur, which is... The big T-Rex looking dinosaur, yeah, the yeah, little yeah. dinosaurs ride in Age of Sigmar, Seraphon. Yeah, yeah. So if they have the sa- exact same term, that's a word that doesn't exist outside of the Warhammer universe, that that word also equates to 40K. Yeah. Does that mean yes, it that does. we're going to get Stormcast Eternals? We already have. They're oh. called Space Marines. Oh, shit. No. I thought you were going to ask, does that mean that Age of Sigmar is pre-40K? And the answer, that's always been a question. Mm. And I feel like the answer is yes. Okay, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Because dinosaurs are around millions of years. It makes sense that they're the thing that's still around. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Same thing. I mean, the demons and the demon gods. Demon? The daemon. You have to spell it with an A. <laughs> yeah. so, we can, so, we can, so we can brand it. Yes. You can't use our word. It's like forks with a K. Yeah. <laughs> 
And it just feels like Zinch is the person that's behind the legal department. Ah! <laughs> I got you. We got you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I have an actual answer to this question, and my answer is flesh eater courts. Not aesthetically interesting to me, but very just interesting in general. Oh, because I love how they're like they think they look like royalty. They think they are, but they're just slobbering ghouls. They're just eating corpses. They're just nasty boys, but they're like. They're under this massive delusion. I also love all like the names they have for things. Um, like the abhorrent ghoul king on mm. terror geist. Yeah. What a fucking, what a fucking word. <laughs> we yeah. spell guys with an H so they cannot <laughs> steal it from us. Yes. But yeah, do flesh eater courts. Yeah, I love they're very interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I, I wish I wish that the models reflected how interesting the the story behind them is how would you change them um just a lot more variations okay. you have this there's a vast sea of unscrupulous undead <laughs> monstrous undead what was the what was the generic term for undead what do you mean the one you used earlier in the in the ad spot it was like gobbly goobs <laughs> oh goob i don't remember <laughs> yeah, you use it all the time yeah, yeah gobbly goobs <laughs> Yeah, they, <laughs> this just in, we're changing the term flesh eater court to gobbledygooks. <laughs> gobbledygooks. I assume that gobbledygooks is a new unit under the Gloomspite Gits army, though. Yeah, yeah definitely. They're just goblins. It's just three goblins in a trench coat. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to get the gobbledygooks. Yes. <laughs> They're going to come get you. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I just, like, they're too much all naked dudes yeah i wish they i wish we could like that's good okay all right all right design team we got hunched over naked dude we got that one we haven't we got a bigger one we got a bigger one that's with wings dude. now yeah we got we got we got hunched over naked dude we got big hunched over naked dude we got big hunched over naked dude with wings all right we're done <laughs> <laughs> it's friday <laughs> um yeah just just some variation because there's there's so much that you could go with in that army that i i feel like it's like you could even go with like how they view themselves in a certain way. What if they like dressed in this way? Like you have like the the leader models have like a gnarled old moth eaten wig they yeah. put on their fucking head, like the rough like around there, right. and they have like makeup on that's like kind of like smearing a little bit. Yeah, and that's it's but it's all rotten. It's all decayed because they're just digging through corpses all day. It's gonna mm -hmm. get dirty. Yeah, you know they're gonna lose a shoe. Yeah, yeah. They're you like know? they're like holding like a like one of those like cavalry sabers. Yeah, and it's got like one of like the tassels on it or shit. Yeah, they never actually use it. They still just bite your face. I but think, I think a conversion is. Yeah, nearby. you could make a pretty badass conversion of of the court, dude. There's a video right there, John. What flesh eater keeps flesher keats cults should look like yes it's like here's well. the here's the start wing and then here's the ending one boom thumbnail before and after gets all the clicks love it yeah that's a that's a pretty fucking good idea yeah that's not a bad idea um my favorite one I all think, right i think the most interesting there's i feel like there's a lot more interesting ones in fantasy for me and that's just because i like fantasy more yeah I'm torn between two, but I'm going to stick with Skaven. Mm. Um, why Skaven? Rat men. They're more than just rats. 
They are escape, and then we can we can make sure no one says that word. <laughs> it is our word now. I love how like the the voice of GW is like some sneaky Frenchman. <laughs> I as, I assume it's just oh god, what was his name? Jaime, the guy we met, the guy we met that was French dude from from GW. I can't even remember his name. I don't remember being Darren, French guy. tell me. Oh, oh, Darren. oh, oh, David. David. Uh, David. Yeah. David. I, like, David. I remembered. His name was a regular English name, but it was said in a French way, so yeah. I couldn't think of it. I was like, James Jaime? Jaime's? Nope. Not even close. <laughs> <laughs> you were saying James? Yes. Okay, yeah, yeah, David. Yeah, like David is the guy in charge of the GW voice in the background. Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, what we should do is they, they can't take anything that we want them to take. Yeah. It's ours now. It is for, it is for us for us to have always. Yes. In croissant. Yeah. <laughs> croissant. Um, I mean, yeah, David's way too cool to be that evil person. But yeah. Yeah. Skaven. Skaven have like, they have like this, this storied history and they always have like this underlying connection to everything that happens literally underground. <laughs> yes. Yes. Literally and metaphorically. Yeah. Yeah. And they're just always looking for their precious yeah. right in the warp stone. They just need it. It needs it because it makes them happy <laughs> yeah, yeah. and allows them to do things Absolutely. that usually spell their own demise and blow themselves up. But it's like they, they have a singular purpose. And if they get the, the, the if they cross the beams, they can blow up anything. Mm-hmm themselves included yes and so it, it, and it's like broken up too like they have the different clans and so each clan it, it looks differently it acts differently how they go about things is differently but if they still all have the same unifying goal like it feels like a fleshed out interesting idea and i i love that it's like there's distinction within the army and and how that they they're willing to kind of work together as long as it's both gets their precious at the end of the day mm-hmm. and so i just like them i wish they had more updates and their models because some of their newer stuff is freaking phenomenal yeah like the storm fiends like the big giant rat with the little rat and the big mutant thing Thanqual bone ripper yes Bone saw. <laughs> like, like he's just like they just like they like force fed him like he was a duck and they wanted his liver. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> rat foie gras. Yeah, we're going back to the French. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And they just stuff him full of fucking warp stone until he goes like. Burr, 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 burr. Yes, he's the size of a house. There you go. And he looks badass. And there's so many of those things. Like, Vermin lords, dude. Oh my god, Vermin lords got to be one of like the top five favorite models in all of ages. They're so cool. They're so cool. Um, yes, they have the rat gods, bro. And and then they got fucking ninja rats. Yes. Dude. Oh, the freaking, I don't know if it's Underworlds or Warcry like thing that came out recently for Skaven. Those, Warcry. Yeah, those guys are so Oh, no, 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 they're Underworlds. Sorry, it's in the box, the Underworlds box. The new oh, one. okay. There's a new Underworlds one? Yeah, there is. We're, we're no longer in Hallow Deep or whatever it's called. Mm, we're in Butt Forest. Okay, Butt Forest. Yes. Good. Noted. Deep within the realm of Butt Forest. <laughs> I just played some Warhammer Underworlds recently by, and I got fucking clapped i got destroyed bro like fucking 12 to 3 it was bad you bust out those vampires bro i i have only done it once okay they're strange strange strange. because they have a mechanic where i think it's called a hunger token or something like that that like gives you things but also is bad but you have like spells like vile transference that can like transfer these hunger tokens to like enemies and i don't know why you'd ever want to do that so I don't. They're different. They're a little bit different. I'm gonna. I'll try them out some more. I gone hungry. That's hunger strike. Okay. Temple of Dogs. It's like you give them hunger and they're hungry. Yeah. And then there's like over there eating oatmeal cream pies. And you're like, Pla-da! 
Wow, dead. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's why the oatmeal cream pie distraction. Yeah. Okay. He's like you flip it like a little frisbee. You're like, oh, sweet snack. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's a strategy. Uh, they feel like they would play like a very cerebral war band. Like you, you can't just like set them out like orcs and just smash. Like no, you got to be strategic. Yeah. They're they're not they're not very like obvious at least for me I, some some more thinking has to go on yes skaven's good okay lore check i want to do this thing called lore, lore check lore, now lore 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 can you name one skaven clan eshin boom two pestilence god damn there's a third one in them. uh skyer skyer okay i'm not gonna lie i did not know that third one so you're beating me skyer, right now yeah i'm i'm proud of you dude there was a time there was a time there was a time um, Long ago, I was so brokenhearted in a galaxy far, far away. <clears throat> Love wasn't much. <laughs> we are of a friend of mine. We are crossing streams right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were Star Wars. <laughs> I was Aerosmith. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there was a time when I was deciding which army I was going to play when I was very new to this hobby, and it was between the Death. My final two choices were between um, Legions Nagash and Skaven. Two horde armies. Yeah, yeah. I was, just love I was, painting minis. I was a dumb young pup <laughs> that didn't know. And then you're like, I'm gonna play Ozark Bone Reapers, <laughs> Boner Boys. <laughs> yeah, it's just more things to paint and Night Hunt. Yeah, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then I sold most of my Night Hunt. <laughs> Feels bad. And then they just got a new book in a new edition, and they're fucking cool again. Oh, okay. So, so you're doing what your wife did to you, having yes. to rebuy things you already had. Yeah, this is my fault. Okay, this is my fault. <laughs> okay. All right, we're going to talk about the newsy news. And the first thing I want to talk about is a new airbrush. Harder and Steenbeck is bringing us a new airbrush known as the Kiev Infinity. And there's a story behind this airbrush. And while we were over in England, we got to meet the wonderful Warwick of Harder and Steenbeck. We got a little bit of a, a sneak peek into this airbrush and the origins of it. Long story short, Harder and Steenbeck has employees, they have friends, and they have artists that they work with that are in the Ukraine. And they have been working as best they can to support people in this time of war um, that are impacted. One of the people that was greatly impacted is an artist known as Angela. And Angela and her family live in Ukraine and were displaced by the by the war. Angela has a ton of amazing artwork. I should say that she is a traditional artist that uses the same Harder and Steenbeck airbrushes that we use for miniatures, which is really interesting. Nice. She's an amazing artist, and her artwork is all over the walls of a um, of a well number of buildings in the Ukraine, but particularly a specific hospital, and. Harder and Steenbeck has produced this airbrush in combination with Angela, where a percentage of the proceeds will all go back directly to this hospital that they will have support, that they will have the supplies that they need, that um, in this trying time that they will be able to help in any way that they can. So you're seeing on the screen right now the two versions of the Kiev Infinity. One is the light and one is the dark. And they are to signify that in humanity, there are both light and dark times. But the secret is inside that airbrush. It is plated in gold, meaning that in the inside, truly there is good 
And so we just need to see that. So if you do choose to support um, hard-earned steam back Angela in Ukraine with the purchase of this airbrush, like I said, not only will you be supporting the efforts and this money goes directly to those who need it. It does not go to some some big charity or anything. It goes directly to the people that are affected. Um, but I'm also told that if you purchase one, your name will be in a drawing for a large original art piece done by Angela. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty cool. All right, next item on the news thing, we have our LVO classes, which I think is more than halfway filled up by now. Um, thank you. Thank you all to the supporters out there who've bought our class. There's a lot of good PPs that want to yeah. join us for two days of rockin' rowdy mini painting. He's got it. So if you want to come out and enjoy painting the Duchess for two days straight, where you get the model, access to the full digital course, access to a laminated PDF that you can use as a quick reference guide while painting it, and also after the class, you want to get access to John physically. <laughs> you want to bang? You want to bang? Come on out to LVO and take our class. Two day long class, eight hours each day. We're serious. I would like to say that I was holding up my can of bang when I said that for the audio listeners that didn't have any visual reference. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. Banging. Very important that <laughs> yes. this is a joke based on a prop he is holding. Because yes. <laughs> he is not just asking for sex right now. John would not do that. No. No, not, not typically. Um, we also want to talk a little bit more about some other classes because, like I said, as of the recording of this, there are a couple seats available. You want to grab one of those last seats to join us, please do that. But there's a lot of other amazing artists teaching, mm -hmm. um, whether it's short form, like our good buddy Duncan Rhodes. Mm, take uh, me home. <laughs> to some full day classes, to some all-inclusive experience classes that are like three days long. Yeah, and, and they like, like, pick up at the airport and like a limo and stuff yeah. like that. You get the food too. Yeah, I don't I don't I don't know exactly what you get, but I think you get a lot. I think they like wipe your bottom every time you, you go poo poo. Probably three days. <laughs> um but there's some crazy awesome classes by like uh good buddy Lil Andy Wardle mm. is teaching one of those. Our good buddy Benjamin Comets is teaching one of those. Um, Caleb Wissenbeck's teaching one of those. Nice. Um, Wait, Ben Comments is coming to LVO? Yeah, Ben and Matt. I am now more excited. Uh, Matt Sexwish is going to be there. Heck yeah. Steve Garcia is going to be there. He's teaching a, one of the all-inclusive courses. Um, I want to highlight, so we're each going to highlight one of the courses that we've looked through that if we weren't teaching, we would like to take. Absolutely. And I'm going to shout out um, the course I for sure would take this just so one, because he's an amazing painter and I get to, you know, hang out with him. But two, is I get to come up with even more nicknames from a good buddy, Slick Willie, <laughs> a.k.a. Willie Hanna, a.k.a. Will Han. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you get to take a, a class. I think it's like one full day um, with Willie. And it might be two days. I'm sorry. You're going to have to actually read the description, unlike me. But uh, Will's an amazing American painter, award winner, uh, all-star uh, cuts his fucking fingers off and still tape, duct tapes them back on and paints minis. That's <laughs> yeah. how hardcore this dude is. Yeah, dude. So, and just a super nice guy. We got to meet him in person for the first time at Adepticon this last year. Oh, not really, though, because he was in his hotel room painting the entire time. Yeah, then I just made fun of him for the rest of the time. <laughs> yes, like, yes. I come to Adepticon to see my hotel room painting minis. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God damn it, Will. Um, but yeah, it, it, somebody that I definitely would like to learn from because his, his understanding of lights, volumes, and color is pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. Um, the class that I want to shout out is Anthony Wang's class on weathering. 
Um, I would love to see what kind of teacher he is. I love all of his pieces. They're very moody and very atmospheric. I remember his sepulchral guard piece, oh, yeah. Golden Demon. Yeah. Lovely like teal colors throughout every single model in that unit. Um, so yeah, I would love to the, hear from him. I've never taken a classroom. I've never seen him teach before. I think it'd be a really cool experience. Yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about Anthony and his teaching style, which is really odd to me is that his pieces are always super dramatic and like super almost like intense is the way word I would describe them as. Mm. He's the most lighthearted, like fun loving dude of, of anybody that I meet when I go to those, those places. He's just always just like super happy go lucky. He's like a fucking golden retriever. Yeah, dude. And yeah. I'm just like, man, what deep down inside of you, you got some angst. He's got some, he's got some, some, some anger in there. Yeah. To get out in his art. I know, it's and he, he just gets it all out, and that just means he's happy all the time. There you go. He's purges. I mean, he's it got all. it figured out. Man. Yeah, he's got it figured out. So shout out to those two guys. Shout out to all the other classes. We're gonna have links in the description below, not only directly to our class, but to uh, these classes that we mentioned and all the LVO ones. You can scroll through and see. Next uh, news piece is on something else with the LVO, and that's the, the LVO painting competition. Yeah, which is an open system, meaning there isn't like first, second, third in every single category. There's a best in show, and then a second and third best in show, but it's open, so everyone gets gold, silver, and bronze is based on not only the skill uh, like category they're in, but also like the uh, category, like whether it's single sci-fi, single fantasy, etc. So there are six categories, um, three skill levels. I'm assuming beginner. Oh no, I, I know this. It's kids, kids. It's journeyman, journeyman, and it's master, 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 master. Dude, speaking of master of puppets, well, we'll go. We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> it's a thousand dollar cash prize for first place. For first place, five hundred for second place, two fifty for third place, and then obviously tons of awesome uh, products from their various sponsors. So I, if you, I guess there's products for if you. For I don't know if it's everyone, but like for placing, just getting medals in your category, they have all these sponsors that are donating stuff. Are you bringing stuff? Why wouldn't we? I think I I'm think gonna I, drop a bomb on this place. Yeah, bombs over Baghdad. I'm going all, all six. What the fuck? All six categories. I'm filling them up, baby. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the problem is look at all the names of the people that are freaking coming to teach classes. But I guess it's open. It's open. Wait, you're right. It's fucking open, baby. Well, I mean, I'm not saying it's free medals, but I feel like I might be able to nab one or two. Yeah. I, I'm going to bring, I think I will at least bring my piece that I had for Golden Demon. Oh, for sure. And bring your dragon. Unless oh, shit. we got to travel with that dragon, though. Oh, <laughs> that was two different oh shits right there. You were like, oh shit. And then you were like, oh shit. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. That, that way I got to put my mind to it now. I'll start thinking now. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So if you have anything you want to enter in the elbow painting competition, check it out. Okay. Also, Master Puppets. Are you familiar with Stranger Things? I'm not to the... I know what you're talking about, okay. but I, I'm not to that point. I'm only four episodes in. Okay. But I did hear a little thing about... Uh, Eddie is Eddie, at, yeah. Eddie playing Master of Puppets two weeks after it would have released in that album, according to the timeline. Yes, and he knew and he learned the song without the internet and no tabs that would have yet been printed. Yes, yes. Now, I can tell you, if you're good, you can you can suss stuff out, but maybe not like the whole fucking band version. Yeah. No, every part in two weeks. That's yeah. Probably, that's probably a lot. Have you seen the scene that I'm referring to right now? Uh, I think I may have seen a clip where they're like in fucking demon hell and they're on top of a cliff or something. Bro, 
Okay, I haven't watched any of season four, but that clip makes me want to watch season four. I kind of feel like Stranger Things has definitely played itself out. I'm not like really interested in the story anymore, but that fucking scene with that kid shredding mass puppets on a goddamn mountain in a fucking hellstorm yeah. with fucking bat boys flying around. <laughs> Little bat boys. Going, Dude, it, it's so awesome. Little of strength. Dude, yeah. I, I would love it. Um, I Okay, I'll tell you from a couple episodes in so far, they kind of have shed the skin of like, trying to keep making you trying to keep innovating and being amazing because they kind of lost the momentum in that yeah and this one is just like we are what we are we're doing the thing again okay right but in a good way okay like i i think like the last season like it still was like trying to like continue to like wow you in a different way and this was like it doesn't feel like it's trying to do that anymore okay kind of almost like a mystery kind of like thriller detective movie uh, like in the third seasons, this one's kind of just like full on like yeah, like oh shit, it's back. <laughs> okay, you know, and then like it's just where the kids are in in the story and stuff with Hopper and stuff. Yeah. Anyway, all right, next item <laughs> here in the Stranger Things news: <laughs> <laughs> Kingdom Deaths running a pinup painting contest. Yeah, and this is a this is a three month long contest, which is really smart. Holy of them. cow! Well, yeah, because if they announce it, oh, I mean. Who's just got like a whole wall of pinups chilling on their wall? Some people do, but not very many. <laughs> well, you got a problem, brother. I know. I can't kick this fucking cough. Anyway. So, yeah, we have a link down below. You can check out. They have the full rules, the full breakdown, everything uh, for the Kingdom Death painting pinup competition. And it seems like it's legit. It's, it looks like they put a, a fair amount of work into it. Everything's spelled out really well. Prizes and that kind of stuff. So, it's not just a... Oh hey, let's just do a Facebook painting competition. That's it seems really respectable. Okay, nice. I'm gonna enter this one too. I got one pin up. Oh, that's right. You got big big booty elf. Yeah, big booty elves. Maybe I should do a video where I paint a big booty elf, and then I can uh, enter. Don't do that. I already did that. Oh shit. No, paint the same one. Scott Scott painted a big booty elf, so I did it better. I mean, that'd be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> All right, more news. We got Steamforged Games acquiring Rivet Wars, the IP, so they can start making board games uh, in that in that universe. Rivet Wars, if you're not familiar, is a diesel punk tactical miniature game by Ted Terranova, who happens to be the artist, uh, one of the artists at least, on Age of Empires three. Do you think his born legal name is Terranova? Yeah, absolutely. Like that was the name he was born with. Yeah, he didn't change it. Yeah, to Terranova. No. Why is there something special about that name that I'm not understanding? That's like it's like is it too cool for you? Right, that's just like saying my official name is John Batman Spaghetti. Like, <laughs> no, it's not, dude. <laughs> okay, I went to college with some guy whose name was John Evanstar Brask. His middle name was Evanstar, as in Elrond Evanstar. Yeah, this is a middle name. This is dude's last name, bro. Uh, okay, 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 okay. Well, like, what is Terra Nova? Whose name is that? I don't know. Is it a reference? No, it's not a reference. I just think it sounded like a cool name, and he changed his name to it. <laughs> this is the real news. <laughs> we need to get the crew on this. We need to do some serious sleuthing and see if Ted Terranova, if that is your real name, <laughs> if that's his real name. Are you familiar with Rivet Wars? Do you know anything about this game? No, I know what rivets are, and yeah. I know what war is. I assume it's people with guns that shoot little rivets that you put in when you into the steel beams when you're making movies. That sounds right. Yeah. It's not, though. Oh, shit. Uh, it looks like mostly chibi-inspired or more cartoony military designs uh, in, a, in a board game format. 
Um, cool. And then the other one, uh, I think that you should talk about because you're the RPG boy, is Roll20 and Drive Through RPG partnering. Yeah. So uh, Roll20 is a well-known, very popular tabletop, virtual tabletop, um, and arguably the biggest one. And so you can go through, especially blew up especially during the pandemic where people could play games whether it's board games whether it's rpgs whether it's uh tabletop war games on places like roll 20 and apparently they did well because they are partnering together with drive through rpg to have this big online shop and digital marketplace for you to procure e stuff <laughs> e stuff <laughs> buy your e stuff to use in your games that you play with roll 20 which is kind of cool i feel like a lot of stuff with these uh tabletop virtual tabletop things were all made by the community like if the community didn't do a thing it didn't exist and a lot of them they were just like just to have it out there so models were like a little circle that said orc on it and not that they're just not better things now but that's an example of like things were done bare bones so people could play and so i'm guessing if they're charging and they're and they're partnering up with the company that's really focusing on that you're going to be able to have some pretty cool things for your games for you know flexibility for what kind of games you play and that kind of stuff yeah it seems like a really good mutually beneficial relationship yes that they're that they're both gonna get get cash from so yeah that's pretty cool shout out to Ryder goblin james for having us you know talk about actual legit news items thank you james real news we love you <laughs> welcome to the end of the podcast thank you for sticking around all the way to the end that makes us feel warm fuzzies inside yeah that means you were doing a thing long enough that you got through the whole episode of the podcast because <laughs> yeah, you certainly weren't here just for this yeah so you better it might be time to make dinner right now check the clock check the clock yep you gotta put the chicky nuggies in the oven <laughs> <laughs> now it's time to do it oh i fucking forgot bro my my uh my stinking daughter she's a little stinker she fucking <laughs> and she's like uh we're making chicky nuggies for supper i'm like swear she's like yeah try them and i'm like what are you talking about try them I'm sitting down eating dinner of course i'll try them and she's staring at me while I'm eating the chicken uh, nugget. You're done, dude. I'm like, why are you staring at me while I'm chewing this chicken nugget? And she goes, you like it? I'm like, why? <laughs> she goes, because those are impossible nuggies. I'm like, Hmm. I thought you were going to be like, I farted on it. <laughs> <laughs> That's that chicky nugget. It's a mouse I found. <laughs> she uh, got you, dude. Yeah, and I will say the impossible nuggies. It tasted like any other freaking frozen nuggy. Yeah. Like it tastes the same, which isn't saying much because those are all tasted like pre-chewed, unidentifiable chicken parts. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So you just pay four times as much. Yeah. Yeah. That's, presumably maybe it's healthier as well. Who knows? But if you want to make us feel more warm and more fuzzy on the inside, you could support the podcast in a variety of ways, both free and not free. Some free ways are watching our YouTube videos without ad blocking. You can uh, whitelist our channels with various browser add-ons. We play an ad every 30 minutes. You can also tell your nerd friends about our podcast. Give us a review on Stitcher, Google Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts. If you got cash to spend, it's just burning a hole in your pocket and you have no minis to buy, you can support us on Patreon at the well, You $5 can still buy minis. You still buy minis and support us, Scott. You can do both. God damn it. If you're flush. Um, yeah, so you can give us five bucks a month and that gets you access to an extended episode of the podcast where we talk about 
cool models we've seen from other painters in the last two weeks, talk about new things we tried and failed at, and we also give feedback to one of our patrons. So as a patron, you can submit models for feedback, and you can also submit topics for us to discuss uh, in our episodes. In this episode, we did three questions from various patrons and also our writer. Um, so yeah, you can do that. You can also buy our merch. All things linked down in the description or show notes below. Yeah. And I will say, if you made it this far to the end and you're going to respond by putting something down in the comment section below, that your comment will be extra helpful to us. And that would be, did you do you find these episodes where we do a bunch of smaller questions instead of one bigger, longer topic? Do you like them? Would you prefer we have more of them? Would you like them roughly, you know, every other, every couple of months as a change of pace? Um, we're curious. We, we, we don't intend to abandon long single topics, um, but these ones are kind of fun. And maybe it keeps it moving and keep jumping around. So if any one question maybe isn't your cup of tea, you don't just turn off the podcast halfway through it. We just want you, Goody Peepees, along for the whole ride. Heck yeah. Um, well, that's it for this episode. We will catch you on the... Blippity.